You want to make your fantasy sports league more than a fantasy? Then you need Trophy Smack. It's the number one store for fantasy and tournament trophies, belts, draft boards, loser awards, and other ridiculous products. Trophy Smack is more than just a trophy company with outstanding customer service and products. It's the very essence and heart of every fantasy league. And if you click now, trophysmack.com gives you free shipping, a free loser poster, and can have the hardware to you in a few days. Bragging rights included. Go to trophysmack.com right now and take your fantasy league to the next level. It's about to be a jovial 60 minutes, my dude. And you hear right now, right now, what you gonna hear right now? Of all the places, of all the places. And you hear right now, right now, what you gonna hear right now? Of all the places, of all when the dynasty, but does she like me? Feel like a plumber sleeping. Now that's a pipe dream for the right fee. I might be entitled to the title, be on top like the cherry of an ice cream. Sunday, Sundays, that's the one day I can come play, come play, never complain. Cause I know the boys gon' drop a pod, prop up my squad so I can talk a lot. But here we go again, it's a new year. Rookies flowing in, it's some new tears. Who here to do fear? Bounce bells off of their chest like boutonnieres. It's a new year. Happy hour, yeah, yeah Let me ask you this, are you trying to get picks? Are you trying to get rich? Are you trying to get ships? Then you're trying to get this And you hear right now, right now What you gonna hear right now? Of all the places, of all the places And you hear right now, right now What you gonna hear right now? Welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. It is our first episode with our new co-host, James Kreese. But before we get to James and Tyler, I wanted to thank you for tuning in this week. We've got some stories. We may not share them on air, but man, we went to the Fantasy Expo. The three of us stayed in the same room, and there are memories that we will never forget, good and bad, um, of that weekend. And it was absolutely awesome. But before we get into that, make sure you heard the Trophy Smack blurb at the top. Use that code DHH ring. I got to meet Matt from Trophy Smack that weekend. He's a wild dude, man. He is. He's got energy on. T- that guy's like a walking Red Bull, pretty much. He's crazy. Make sure you support his company if you need a championship belt. You know, redraft season is here. Uh, dynasty season is well, it never ends. But redraft season's yeah. here. So if you do both, it's a perfect time to get your belt, your trophy, your grill out of the way and get it purchased now and you just code DHH ring to get that f- championship ring, which is nice. That thing is hefty. It's got some heft to it. I was playing around with them at the table. I was like, this is super nice. 60 bucks code DHH ring, get it done. So let, let's, uh, bef- before we officially kick things off, I want to share one story from the fantasy football Midwest expo that we just went to. I miss it already. It was great meeting Tyler for the first time in real life meeting James for the first time, meeting a ton of people that, you know, you podcast with over the years, you're in leagues with these people, you know, you get an idea of who they are as a person, but then you meet them in real life. And it was amazing. It was as, 
as advertised, there was no drama. It was all love. Everyone was super cool and chill. It was nice to meet even some of the bigger names in the industry and kind of uh, and hang out with them. And they were super chill too. No one had an ego. No one was full of themselves that I ran into anyway. Um, so it was just an awesome, awesome experience. So I'll let James go first. It is his inaugural episode of Dynasty Happy Hour. So James, give me a little bit of a breakdown and give me one story from the weekend that uh, you want to share here on the Happy Hours. All right. Well, first off, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to spend the night with you guys talking about mm-hmm. Dynasty football. Um, for those of you that don't know, I used to be a writer for DHH. Uh, I stayed in touch with Doug and Tyler over the past year, and we grind every week uh, talking about something, maybe football, maybe video games, and I'm glad that we get to share uh, that relationship here on a bi-weekly basis. Happy to be here. Um, Thank you. And the expo, man, it was wild. Um, I guess the highlight, and I don't know if anybody saw the clip on YouTube, was when we were at Dynasty Rich's humble abode where he had this awesome spread of charcuterie and we got to sit in at his studio and talk up some rookies uh that was that was an unbelievable experience for me yeah i missed that pool party i texted you guys man a week ago we were at rich's house and it was awesome but i missed it <laughs> <laughs> tyler tyler didn't want to go in the pool for some reason no i he think he was afraid he was gonna burn real bad and be a tomato or oh, something i don't know the sec the second i i <laughs> went in that pool it just magnified the sun and you just seen me evaporate like thanos snapped and i was just gone <laughs> would have been looking for another host damn it <laughs> yeah we were in the right spot we probably could have got one pretty easily just saying yeah easily i mean you could have said hey dhh is looking for somebody hey tyler just uh tyler just like disintegrated anybody else want to come and uh, <laughs> do this thing? they were like yeah sure let's go uh tyler give me one well I, I think i know where you're going on this one but tyler give me give me your overall thoughts on the expo and, uh, and a fun story for the peoples uh it was it was amazing. It's a it's a trip that I will never forget, and I'm going to cherish all the connections I made there. Uh, honestly, I, I can't really pick out one, but I think just the first night being overwhelmed uh, of seeing everybody, that yeah. was probably my favorite thing. And then I crashed a wedding, and <laughs> a wedding anniversary and a birthday party. Nobody's on the dance floor. I walk into the, the hotel event center, and nobody's on the dance floor. DJ's, you know, playing some good tunes. I just go on there, bust a move, got some collapse, come back in and enjoyed the rest of my night. But yeah, that was that was good. Uh, and apparently I wasn't as much in the doghouse as I thought I was going to be. Which is great because you were super concerned that your wife was going to kick your ass when you got home. And I, oh, asked yeah. you, I said, I said, hey, how are you and the wife doing? And you were like, yeah, not as bad as I thought. And I was like, that's good. Uh, yeah, so that, the whole weekend is... it sounded like it was gonna be rough. Yeah, I thought she was gonna leave <laughs> you there at the airport the way uh, you were talking there for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could have been bad. Uh, my, you know, my favorite thing. There's a bunch of stories from the weekend. I mean, Tyler getting locked in the Valvoline instant oil change bathroom. Yes, there's a, definitely there's a one Twitter, of the highlights. There's a Twitter video out there about that. Go check yeah, it out. That was definitely one of the highlights. I mean, uh, the experience that Gabe Gearing and I had together. Um, I won't go into the details <laughs> oh here on the God. podcast. Um, but it Every was. Every guy loves a French fry. I have never I, seen the fear <laughs> of another man's eyes. I have PTSD looking at French fries now. When you, if if anyone were to get video of that, that would be if you look up "shook" in the dictionary, there would be Gabe's face because he yeah. was shook. 
And that's all I'll say Very. about that. So, yeah, it was awesome. I, I am really looking forward to going back again next year. It's over the same weekend. Uh, probably going to drive out this time. Getting an Uber and a taxi at 2 in the morning trying to find food sucked. So I'd much rather be like, yo, let's all jump in the Explorer and go get some food. Um, I think I think that's the route I'm going to take next year is uh, is to drive out. It's only like nine hours. Maybe I'll pick up some people along the way, make it a party. Hey, who knows? Hitchhiker, pick them up. Yeah, and if you and if you <laughs> didn't go to the Midwest Expo and you're a listener, highly recommend. You don't need to be an analyst to go. You can be a fan. There's breakouts. There's all sorts of stuff for everyone. There was free swag that you could buy T-shirts from your favorite websites. They had a live draft board. My buddy Zach picked Russell Gage in the third round to stay on brand, which was hilarious. Uh, just a lot of really, really fun events and cool stuff. And it was all really well organized. There wasn't any confusion about where things were or anything like that. It ran so smooth. To shout out to uh, for to Bob Lung and his family for running the Midwest Expo. An absolutely fabulous job. I know how much work they put in and how much stress they probably went through over that weekend so that we could all have an awesome time. So, Bob, if you're listening, and even if you're not, Shout out to him um, for doing an absolutely awesome event for him and his family and, and setting that up. Hopefully it gets big enough where we have a we start to have a Northeast Expo and a West Coast and a Midwest uh, and a Southern Expo. It would be awesome if it starts to get that big. But baby steps, we'll keep growing it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So make sure if you can attend it next year, please do. We would love to meet you and love to see you. Heck, maybe we'll have a booth or be on a panel next year. Hashtag goals. All right, so. Before we get into our news, we want to talk about, there has been some news uh, here in training camp week two. So we've got a lot of these week two games in the books, and there's only one more preseason week. So there's only three games this year. Uh, but before we do with all that, I want to talk to you about fantasy points because fantasy points is freaking awesome. So you can go on fantasypoints.com, 90% of their subscribers. We just told you that it is redraft season. So 90% of their subscribers make the playoffs, which is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you've heard of Graham Barfield, you've heard of Scott Barrett, you listen to podcasts regularly, you can go on there. There is some free content, but if you if you go on and become a member, it's 21DHH10 is the code that you want to use to let them know that you're, you heard it here first at Dynasty Happy Hour. Check it out. There is all sorts of tools in there, the lowest price in the industry, all sorts of DFS optimizers. So if you play DFS on a weekly basis, whether it's FanDuel or if it's DraftKings, you're going to be able to do that. Um, and you'll get 10% off, like I said, with code 21DHH10 when you go on fantasypoints.com. So please do that. Thank you in advance. All right, so let's get into some news. Uh, Tyler, it looks like you're back on the field this week for the Colts. Yeah, uh, my my leg feels so much better. Uh, being at the expo, taking some time off, allowed it to heal. It was great. No, uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz sounds like he's going to be back on the field. Uh, a lot of people in Dynasty and people who drafted before this happened are definitely uh, wiping sweat off their forehead with this one. Uh, Wentz, we all looked at as somebody who could be in for a big year, and it looks like it's, it could still happen, and I think this helps Jonathan Taylor as well. Seeing the backups, uh, Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason, it was kind of underwhelming, and you're kind of like, okay, not, now we're back to norm. I'm back on the Michael Pittman train. Now that Wentz is back, I think Pittman's going to be that breakout candidate this year with Wentz. And Quentin Nelson also coming back. They have the same surgery. They're on the same timeline. I mean, Quentin Nelson is just built different. He's like country yeah. strong, as they say. Uh, so no surprise, no surprise that Quentin strong. Nelson is back. Uh, and that is the best news because, you know, he's one of the best um, guards in the game. So he is back. Wentz is back. It looks like it's uh, like it never happened. But, you know, the thing you want to worry about is the the reps. 
So Wentz didn't see any preseason. He's in a new offense, kind of. It's Frank Reich, so I think he'll be okay. Um, so that's great news that Wentz is going to be back. Uh, news today in other quarterback news is Deshaun Watson could avoid the NFL exempt list, which is important because if he avoids that, he should be on the field. Um, I know that we talk uh, dynasty. He's been one of the risk reward type of picks. If you go out and acquire Deshaun Watson on the cheap, you're just hoping he gets on the field. Maybe you're acquiring thinking that like, Hey, 2022 is the year, but it's looking so far that if he avoids the exempt list because of the investigation that's going on recently, the FBI got involved. Supposedly there's all sorts of stuff going on with that. Um, but if he avoids that list, he should be cleared to play. Now he's been on and off at practice. We all know that he's not super happy with Houston. Um, if he plays James, where do you have Deshaun Watson? If he starts week one um, compared to, is he still a top five dynasty asset? Or are you like, you know what? I see the train at the end of the tunnel coming for this guy. So I'm dropping him down the ranks. Uh, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't put him up as high as top five. I think there's a lot of good quarterback competition as far as fantasy goes now. Um, especially if it doesn't happen this year and he gets to play this year, there still could be circumstances down the road, which scare me. So we could be looking at the same scenario next year. And that's something that I am trying to avoid. If I have Watson on my team, which I don't, I am not one of those fortunate people that actually rostered him. I have Um, one. But if I do, I'm probably letting, if if he plays, I'm selling him because his value will go back up to where it was at the beginning of the season before all the news broke about the, uh, I guess we can call it the FBI female body inspectors. Um, But uh yeah, that's that's what it is, man. I am trying to get rid of him. I don't like the scenario. We don't know where he's going to wind up. He doesn't want to play for Houston. So where is he going to go? I mean, all the chips lie somewhere. Obviously, he can, can get traded somewhere, but we just don't know. There's too many question marks for Deshaun Watson to be in on buying him right now. Tyler, you've pretty much shed yourself of all your uh, roster ships of Deshaun Watson, correct? Yeah, and... it's a very kind of between a rock and a hard place situation because you sit here and you, and you think about Deshaun Watson, who is still very young, very talented. Um, Denver's quarterback situation has not really panned out. Like we thought nobody's really winning that quarterback room because nobody is showing up. Uh, Teddy, maybe a little bit, who knows, but they're been, they've been in talks and Deshaun Watson seems like he wants to go to Denver. That could happen in the season it could be a situation where deshaun watson week three or four when denver's just crap in the bed denver's like screw it we'll give you what you want we'll give you the compensation you need for deshaun watson so we can bring him in and i think that would be the time to sell that would be about around around when you got to just unload giddy on quarterback like some will probably talk about tonight with these overreactions slash reactions and um yeah, I mean, you could get a ton for him once that happens, but I think just the the fog of Houston is over him right now that it's just so tough to sell for kind of what you want and what you expect from Deshaun Watson. It's it's a very weird case. They're not really the FBI isn't really going after him for the trafficking. They're going after him for what has already been talked about. So it seems like he could dodge all these bullets which is crazy to me and he could honestly just play and that's the thing like watson could literally avoid everything we thought was going to come to him and just 
come out with nothing. Yeah, I don't, I uh, I have him in one league, and um, I'm just kind of holding. I don't think I can get rid of him and get something decent in return right now. So I'm just kind of holding. I don't. It's a super flex league, but I've got a pretty deep roster, so I could start a running back or a wide receiver in that spot to get by. Um, so l- luckily, I have the luxury of that. But if you're on a roster where you don't have that kind of depth, then yeah, if he gets back on the field and he's performing, then I think you kind of have to flip him just because of that cloud that's that's uh, over his head. I think people will forget that once they see him go for like 300 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, he's back. Exactly. And then just kind of forget. Because we know how people are. They they easily forget things and they don't remember recency bias. It's all about the recency bias all day long. So speaking of recency bias, Rashad Bateman is cleared to run routes. Now recently it was said that he was going to miss like the first four weeks of the season or be back sometime in September. If he's cleared to run routes, I think he's going to be back early in September is what it seems like. And, uh, you know, Bateman is a guy that, uh, you know, especially in redraft leagues, I've got, I want him on all my teams. We're going to talk about another guy that James added to our list, but there's a couple rookie receivers that I want on my redraft teams. And I would love to have him on my dynasty team. Rashad Bateman, the number one target in Baltimore. I think he could have a similar impact and I'm not going to call him Stefan Diggs, but in that passing offense where you have Lamar Jackson, um, he could make a huge difference for Lamar to, to make that jump in his passing metrics. Because Bateman, I think, is just that good. We've seen him burn Marlon Humphrey in some training camp videos. Marlon Humphrey's a top probably 10 corner in this league. So Rashad Bateman, I think, has the juice to really be successful, even in his rookie year, and and hopefully you know, help Lamar make that leap as a passer, kind of like how Stephon Diggs did with Josh Allen just a year ago. Um, now, I don't think it's going to be that drastic, mind you, but I think that Bateman is super-duper important to that offense um, and what they're going to do here in 2021. So James, Rashad Bateman... Coming back this early. Now, it's an injury that, like, you don't want to see him come back too early. But how important is Bateman to the Ravens here in 2021? Oh, he's obviously the the most important part to Lamar's uh, upswing, as you said earlier. Um, He's not – he's the alpha wide receiver in that group. I am not relying on Sammy Watkins. I'm not relying on Marquise. I call him Marquise. No Grease Brown. Uh, Mark Andrews, he's he's been a pillar at like a safety net for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson needs that alpha wide receiver. And with Bateman coming back, even in a small sample, still at the tail end of training camp, that gives me more hope than I did for Lamar when Bateman was on that initial six to eight weeks out. Um, so yeah, I, I like to see I like to see Bateman back in camp. I'm excited for Bateman. I have a lot of shares of Bateman. And I have a lot of shares of Lamar Jackson, too, to go along with it. So I am really hoping this pans out. And, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So let's move on to our last piece of news. Conflicting reports that I'm seeing. Dak Prescott, this this injury could linger all season. And then I see a tweet from someone within the organization or a reporter that he looked great, shouldn't be an issue. How worried are we about Dak Prescott? For me personally – I'm not real worried. I'm not worried about the Cowboys weapons. I'm not downgrading anyone uh, because of Dak. I think that he'll end up being fine with the injury that he has. Obviously we'll know more when we watch hard knocks on Tuesday, because I'm sure they'll go into it. Um, But for right now, Tyler, are you concerned at all about Dak Prescott? Are you pretty much just kind of like, you know what? Nope. It's all good. Uh, I'm kind of with you and it being all good Uh, for me. The ankle injury was a major injury and there's going to be, you know, consequences for that 
as you go into the season. Yeah, he's going to be sore with his ankle. Yeah, his ankle's going to flare up here and there. I At first, I was sitting here thinking, okay, it's about the shoulder, which is what I was worried about. And then I heard, like you said, conflicting reports. It was actually about his ankle. And then they're talking like, oh, it's about both. Well, you know what? When you are coming, I, I think a lot of the injury, his shoulder injury came from the ankle and him kind of putting pressure on the ankle and getting used to it and throwing differently. Cause I mean, we've all thrown a ball and well, you know, the key, any the key to throwing, like, especially a, a deep ball is you need your lower body. It's yep. yeah. Yeah. And, and there's no doubt you can't just mean, do it with just your arm. He twists and those I mean, hips when he if throws. we, <laughs> yes, if we were to go into throwing a ball with after an injury, you're going to tweak your throwing motion a little bit because you're getting used to getting back healthy. So, I mean, I, I would not be shocked if that's the reason why his arm happened. The fact that he's getting cleared to throw makes me more comfortable. I am not worried at all. If people are worried, go buy it because Dak, he got paid. I, I'm just not worried. This offense is going to explode. We've seen CD Lamb explode. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun ride for this Dallas offense. The defense, on the other hand, uh, good luck. <laughs> James, any thoughts on Dakota Prescott? Not really. I mean, just like Tyler said, I, I'm not really worried about it. I have Dak in a couple leagues. And if anybody has any doubt about Dak or his weapons, you know, you need to check yourself. The guy's a superstar. He's on a on a high-rated offense, plenty of weapons. And I, I see the Cowboys possibly even winning the division this year. If not, they're going to be great for fantasy. This roster is built for fantasy. Absolutely. And even if Dak is not 100% come week one, you're still going to get a top 12 quarterback in week one and then probably a top five quarterback for the rest of the season. So I'm not worried at all. Yeah, so, so this is how my mind works sometimes. Tyler, you were talking and you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. And I just wanted to, to, while we're talking about the Cowboys, this isn't on the show sheet at all, but it just popped into my brain. You remember a couple of years ago when there was a steady drumbeat for Chris Godwin? And then everyone yep. was on Chris Godwin, and then he made the jump. C.D. Lamb. The drumbeat is so steady for C.D. Lamb. He is going to make that Godwin ascension to, like, being drafted as a wide receiver, like, three in your redraft leagues and end up being a wide receiver one. And then obviously seeing his value in Dynasty skyrocket. So I think Lamb is on the same trajectory that Godwin was. Everybody could see it from a mile away, and then it actually happened. And I have that vibe. Um, with CD Lamb, just based on everything from camps, the talent, like he's the real deal, and I see him making that jump. So that's just my the pop, the thought that popped into my head was: remember when we were talking about Chris Godwin this way, and the smart, the sharp people are on him, and then voila, yeah, there's more and more sharp people out there, and CD Lamb is that dude this year. So let's get into our train, our preseason overreactions and underreactions. We're gonna get into overreactions now. The first one is a big one. Because this guy, in a lot of people's minds, was the consensus wide receiver one over the last two years in rookie drafts. He goes to a landing spot with his college quarterback. He gets picked fifth overall. You used a high dynasty pick on him. You probably, in a standard league, non-superflex, you might have had him as your 101, if not your 102 after Najee Harris. It's Jamar Chase. Now, we've heard conflicting reports in camp. He's having a hard time separating. And then we see in the game last night, he gets targeted. Drop, 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 drop. Like there's some cause for concern here. Now it could be nerves. Like he's getting used to the speed of the NFL game. He hasn't really played football in a year and a half. So let's not forget that he didn't play at all last year for LSU. So he could be knocking off some of the rust, the cobwebs, if you will. 
So I'm going to go to James first on this one. Are you are you overreacting to Jamar Jamar Chase? Or are you not worried at all about Jamar Chase? Uh I'm a little worried about it. It's going to take him some time to get acclimated to the NFL speed. Like you said, he did not play last year, but when he did play, he crushed it. Mm-hmm. All right. He 84 receptions over almost 1800 yards and 20 touchdowns in that championship year. So when he does get up to speed, that's what you, that's why you drafted him as high as you did, because he is that upside player that can win you your leagues. And, maybe get plenty of value back when he does hit. You know, we we forget that these rookies, we all want them to be a, a Justin Jefferson and come out and smash in their first year. Not all of them do it. We just talked about CeeDee Lamb. You know, this could be the year. We have to pull back ourselves sometimes and say, hey, wait a second. Some rookie receivers need that first year to acclimate themselves. Second year is, gr- is going to be great. They'll take a the next step. If they don't do it by year three, then we have an issue. I don't have an issue with him coming in his first year in camp and and not being the best overall rookie wide receiver. So, Tyler, I, do you see this as a window that might be opening slightly to go out and buy Jamar Chase? Because you might have someone that's worried that, like, the reports aren't good. Maybe he's the next Nikhil Harry. I don't think it's that. Ooh. But, I mean, Nikhil Harry was the number one wide receiver in that class and on most people's boards. And I know he didn't go with the fifth overall pick. He went later in the first round and all that jazz. Um, but has issues with separating, had issues with drops. He's he's having a great camp until he fell on his shoulder. Now he's going to miss a month, which stinks. Um, but are you using this as a window to maybe like throw out a feeler and buy Jamar Chase at a little bit of a, uh, a lower cost? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I can, I'm going to. The issue is, is the people who have Jamar Chase are people like me, people who believe that he is a top-notch talent. So if you're going to try to pry him away from somebody, it's still going to cost you. Yeah, the cost might be a little, you know, a little lower, but other than that, I don't I don't think you're going to have have much of a discount, but I still would buy. I mean, you look at all these issues that he has, they're fixable. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the one issue that people had was separating, and all I've seen from preseason is him dominating off the line of scrimmage, him getting away from defenders easily. It looks effortless. Just when he's catching the ball, it seems like there's a connection issue between the quarterback. Joe Burrow's not playing. And, I mean, if you want a good follow, go follow follow Joe Goodberry, who does Cincinnati stuff, and he's even talking about how the hand placement's off because of the unknown ball placement with the quarterback. And that's going to change once Burrow comes in. Is it in his head mentally? Yeah, a little bit. A couple of those drops, I think, were, okay, Landon Collins was right in his grill. Go live another day, rookie. You know, see the field again, because Landon Collins in the middle of the field is somebody I don't want to mess with. Would he catch that in a regular season game? I, I would honestly say yes. I think he would do that, but it's preseason. You're working out the cobwebs. You're getting rid of the rust. I think he's fine. I've actually seen a lot more positive from his route running than I have anything, anything else. So I really like what I've seen from Chase other than the drops. But I mean, he's separating. He's like, I, he got off the line of scrimmage so quickly the other preseason game where I was like, damn, like, how are people saying he's having trouble separating? Cause he just blew past Washington's defender. And that's how he got open on that route when Landon Collins met him halfway. 
Yeah, Joe Goodberry is a good follow. I believe he used to work for WKRP in Cincinnati back in the day, um, if memory serves. That's a if you're old person joke, you'll get that. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I think the um, I think if this is anything to me, it gives me more confidence in T Higgins this year. Even if Jamar Chase does struggle a little bit, I'm all about T Higgins this year. Tyler, so I was on Rum Boys podcast last night. We were talking about Chase, and I said. Here's a scenario for you. What if T is the alpha dog in Cincinnati and Chase can feed off of those number two corners and do what he does best, go nine routes, corner out. Like, he just does his thing. T Higgins is the dude. And then, like, he, what if Chase is Godwin and T Higgins is Mike that's, Evans? Yeah. that That's a scenario people aren't thinking about. I mean, I'm fine with either of that because I think Joe Burrow and how much that offense is going to throw I, I think both can succeed plus Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, there's plenty, yeah, of, I, there's plenty I, of volume there for everyone. Exactly. Absolutely. So I'm going to go right back to you, Tyler, because uh, Zach Wilson, I know you were off Zach Wilson. You were like, I don't want anything to do with him. I think he's trash. Like all these things. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, there was a there's a door that opens up and the sun shines through. And Tyler's like, oh, I think I might need to go out and acquire some Zach Wilson because I might have been wrong. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so talk to me about Zach Wilson. He looked really good in this game, especially peppering my boy Corey Davis with all those targets. Thank you very yeah. much. Looking confident, Corey Davis, by the way. Uh, so talk to me about Zach Wilson because you've been turning that frown upside down on Mr. Wilson. Yeah, uh, talking to Ray Garvin today on Twitter, and I brought up uh, what what are we gonna do when it comes to you know, when he starts actually playing good. And Ray even said he started his apology tour early. He He's kind of turned it around. I mean, I've got a gigantic plate of crow I'm going to have to eat for this. And and Tim is going to be feeding it to me from, <laughs> <laughs> from Philadelphia. I, I mean, he's looked good. He's looked very good. And especially without Elijah Moore, who I think is the best weapon on that team. Uh, yeah, just he fits so well in this offense. The bootlegs that they're doing with him are great for his style of, of arm and, and what he ran at BYU. They are putting him, the best part about it is they are putting him in the best position to succeed and doing what he does well. Unlike an offense that we'll, we might talk about later in Chicago, who is just burning the city down because they're making terrible choices. But uh, I mean, New York jets, who would have thought they got one, right? Then that's the thing. It seems like they got one, right? I'm not going to jump. Like, we'll see. It seems yeah, like, say, yeah, it's, it's a little too but, early to, to, to but claim the he victory. Has, he has progressed very nicely. Each step you saw early in camp, he was making mistakes. He threw a bunch of picks. People are like, oh my God, two or through five. Zach Wilson threw through three. What's going on here? These guys are terrible. And then you see him progress. First preseason game, did all right. Second preseason game, awesome. Looking yeah, great. Big throws. Third preseason game, he's going to be next Pat Mahomes. Like that's what I'm expecting. Oh, <laughs> the, way oh, man. the way Twitter don't, has don't been Don't put working. that on him, rookie Bobby. Don't do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, Doug, I made a bold step and acquired him in UDPL. I didn't have a share. I walked the plank. I jumped it. I got a share. So, hey, I guess you could say it could work out. 
I mean, hey, any, anything can happen. James, any <laughs> thoughts on the best quarterback in MetLife Stadium? Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't, I can't agree to that term. Being a Giants are you fan, seeing, are you seeing <laughs> Daniel Jones is I, actually I bet you good? Daniel Jones will beat no, him I'm in a race. Zach, I'm uh-huh. saying Zach Wilson's the best quarterback in MetLife Stadium. <laughs> I didn't no. know Colt McCoy was still the Giants. <laughs> Easy, easy guys. Don't <laughs> pick on me too much Dave, in my Davis first Webb? episode. No, I'm no I, I think he's a little bit more accurate than a lot of us expected. Six for eight in the first game. And then, you know, he pulled out nine for 11. I think two touchdowns yesterday. Uh, man, he did look very good. And I think it's a, it's because of the offense that he's in that system. I, they're going to build the system around him to protect him, to open up things. It's not very an ex- extensive playbook. It's more of a run first offense and they are going to run the ball. So don't overreact to it and say, Oh yeah, you know, Zach Wilson, he's a QB one this year. No, it, it may or may not work out, but for dynasty purposes right now, if you don't own a share, you're wishing you did just like Tyler, like Tyler said, like, I don't have any Zach Wilson, and I'm like, man, he was there. He fell, and he was what the one quarterback. Done? He was the one quarterback <laughs> in in rookie rookie drafts this year that was falling to the 109, the 108. Year every, every year. year. I, hey, I have all my Mac Jones shares. I am happy about Mac Jones. He, I mean, if we want to talk about some reactions, I, I like Mac Jones in that system better than. Zach Wilson and in the Jets system going forward, it's just, I mean, it's product placement. I guess that's that's yeah, the way it's like I look a floor at it. Ceiling argument. For so sure. uh, one one more thing on on Wilson, I will say, it. I mean, watching him in the NFL, he looks more poised this week in the preseason. And I mean, I've got to admit, with what a lot of these professional players are saying about him, Tony Romo and, and Aaron Rodgers, just talking about his. His throwing motion and delivery is effortless. He's an effortless thrower. He's able to make all the throws, and it and it comes easy to him. So, phenomenal arm talent that I I missed on in the preseason. While we're on the Jets, uh, real quick, do we have any concerns about Michael Carter at all? It seems like he's kind of like uh, maybe towards the bottom of the depth chart. I mean, there's obviously he's might be the an best. Opportunity. He's the best runner on the team that I've seen, and honestly, I just think. It's more of a veterans type thing. Tevin Coleman, we we've all seen this. We've we've seen this movie. We've seen how it ends, and it's usually by week five. It's so, usually a sweep to the outside. Yeah, a sweep to the <laughs> yeah. outside, and then yeah. So I'm not I'm not worried, and honestly, I I got him real cheap as my fifth running back in a redraft today, and I'm actually looking. I want to go acquire him in Dynasty because. That's such an easy selling point. It's being like, hey, look where he's at in the depth chart. He got tons of you know late game work. That's not good for him. Use car salesman this whole entire thing and, and go get him on the cheap. I, I think it's it it just goes back to recency bias. You know, just like you know, Malcolm Brown started out Dolphins week one preseason as the top dog, and then all of a sudden, oh, whoa, where's Miles Gaskin? Where's Miles Gaskin? And then Miles Gaskin breaks that big run. It's the same thing like uh, last week, Michael Carter started out and the, and the buzz was real about it. Now he's somehow number four on the depth chart. Like, are, are, you, are you kidding me? No, they want to see all the players in preseason. Exactly. And that's the biggest overreaction that everyone in Dynasty has. They sit there and they look at recency bias and saying, oh my gosh, my player, Michael Carter, is not starting. Why isn't he starting? Guess what? 
chill out. <laughs> he's not the starter yet. Give some other guys a chance to we show what it. they we have. We see it every year. There's every a veteran year. that starts the season, yeah. and then the rookie takes over. Oh, right. it's, oh, Jordan Howard's a starter. Oh, here comes Miles Sanders. It's it's fine. literally a it's a Shanahan system. They're going to run multiple backs. They're all going to get a little piece of the cake. And by the end of the year, Was Carter it moist is cake, though. That's what I need to know. Moist cake. Carter, Carter is probably <laughs> going to be the guy. That ends the season on top. That and that's what matters. And in Dynasty, that's when the God, I can't even finish. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. Got a little moist cake stuck in your throat there, Tyler. Uh, All right, let's, yeah. Let's move on to the aforementioned Miami Dolphins. Tua looking real nice. If you bought Tua in the offseason, congrats because it's looking like And if like you sold a, them, eat eat some eat some I moist mean, cake. We'll see how the season <laughs> plays out. It is just preseason. Um, you know, other Dolphins news, we want to talk a little bit about Jalen Waddell and getting a lot of targets. Obviously, you know, the the comps to other very fast athletic players are all there. Um, you know, they've got Will Fuller on a suspension. They've got Devontae Parker, who's making big money. He's the outside guy. Preston Williams, it looks like he's going to be active soon. Um, so for me, and they still have Gasecki with Jalen Waddell, you know, he's looking really good in the preseason. He's getting lots of targets. He's with his college quarterback, so shower narrative time. But um, my concern with Waddle in his rookie year is the targets. Like, there's a lot of quality players there. So, Tyler, you have your hand up, and you're you're chomping at the bit to talk about I your, am. your Waddle. So, I, I like I mentioned, I was on Rum Boys podcast. We went over the Atlanta Miami game, and we were watching it together. And I kept oh. seeing Waddle put in position to be the main target. All the receivers are hurt right now. I don't think that these receivers are going to be full when it comes to week one. I mean, Fuller's out. We all know that. Don't forget about Al Wilson. The way they use Waddle, I loved. I mean, they were giving them wheel wheel routes. They're bringing them in for runs. I loved everything about it. Short, short, short. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep going short. They're going to pull the defense in. And what are they going to do? Waddle has the speed to burn them. Mm -hmm. Waddle... I had a bold prediction on the podcast. He could have a hundred catches his rookie year, and I would not be shocked. He had like six. That or would be seven. shocked. That would. He be had shocked. like six or seven last night, and don't forget, we have seventeen games this year to do so. So I mean, there's like six game. a game, give or take. Six, six a game, oh. and he could have like ten one game, which you know lowers it the total for other games. Honestly. I feel like I was way too low on Waddle after seeing the usage and how smart they were. They're using Tua like they use Brady early on. Tiny paper cuts, throw short, throw short, then take your shot. I mean, Tua may only take four shots deep a game, if that, but they, he's going to kill you five yards, 10 yards, five yards, and just keep going at it. And when you got a guy like Waddle to do that, I... I'm loving every bit of it. And honestly, I've sent like five trade offers for Waddle in every league. I'm trying to get him before it blows up. I mean, Waddle got hurt last night and I was sitting there panicking and, and I'm like, oh my God, not his ankle again. The dude got hit, looked like he was limping, looked like he was in a ton of pain, got right up. Dude is strong, like tough. He came four months after his major ankle injury to go he play, in the, play in the championship game. It's true. You love yeah, he, slash hate to see it, but he is a tough, tough dude. So I, I'll I love that. Off of that a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll piggyback off of that, Tyler. You're right. He does play with a little grit. He has chip on his shoulder. 
played through injury. Uh, even Tua came out and said, how is he back on the field right now? And I really like the jet sweeps. That That's going to give you the extra fantasy oomph. points where you, the extra oomph, the oomph. that uh, you're looking for. And yeah, you're right. He has very little competition in the Miami Dolphins uh, receiving room. For the simple fact that, you know, Devontae Parker last year on his contract, I believe, Albert Wilson, I, I'm not even talking about Albert Wilson. You shush. Preston Williams, I, I liked him as a as a prospect. It's in, He's going into what now? His third year. He's going to play. Fifth most, ACL injury. Yeah. I mean, the guy <laughs> hurt himself on a touchdown celebration. Hopefully he gets on the field and, and plays in training camp because I want him to play that slot. That means Waddle goes out on the outside when needed. He can't do that if he's in the slot all the time. So I, I'm liking Waddle. I, I think just like um, Zach Wilson was, he was one of those wide receivers that fell due to the injury uh, in, in rookie drafts. And now you're starting to see him come healthy. He's starting to participate. And his value is just going to go up. I like it. All right, let's get on to our next one. I haven't heard anything. This is new to me. I read this and I was like, huh? Javonta Williams lost in the depth chart. Can someone fill me in here? He looked good in the preseason game. We were actually at Dynasty Rich's house watching Javonta Williams, and yeah. uh, he looked pretty good. What's going on here? Can someone fill me in? So I put that because there's rumors about Mike Boone being ahead of him. He's hurt, though. But, I mean, they paid Mike Boone. They had Melvin Gordon. They took, they, had Jav- they took Williams like at the very top of the second round. He's so almost a first I, Yes, rounder. I agree. They traded up. And and for dynasty purpose, later on in the season, he's going to be fine. But I mean, just it seems like they have so much. Like, are they going to keep Royce Freeman, who's playing great this preseason? Royce Freeman has been outstanding He'll this get preseason. Traded to somewhere we don't want him to get traded. I to. mean that that could be. I would love him in Atlanta. He would fit perfect in the offense. The Rams and uh, Javante. I I love his outlook for the future. But I honestly, for me. I feel like we're going to have to wait a tad bit longer for him to be the full dude. I I feel like they're going to burn Melvin Gordon out. Once Mike Boone comes back healthy, they want to use him. They like him there. I love Mike Boone. Just saying. Oh, very underrated. Like Chris Ivory reincarnated again. Mm. That's what Mike Boone is. Uh, same injury history too, it seems. <laughs> but yeah. I, I just, I feel like we are expecting too much from Javante year one. And that may change as the season goes, but I just maybe hold off a tad bit, maybe week eight ish, nine. Uh, that I just feel like we're going to be. Well, I talked about it earlier with like Jordan Howard was the starter, and we were all waiting for Jordan Howard to crap the bed, and he did. And then Miles Sanders took over, and you know he ended his rookie year really strong. It could be similar with Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon. I mean, Melvin Gordon's getting paid. I think they're going to give him first crack at it. He's had a really nice camp. Still skips leg day. What's up with that? Like you have the skinniest little legs, skinny little legs. Um, So yeah, I think if you, if you draft Javante, like um, it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, you may have to wait and keep him on your taxi squad and just promote him when he becomes starter Uh, might be the play there. uh, I think to save a roster spot because yeah, he might struggle to get in there and Mike Boone, this, I don't know how this dude is always free in dynasty leagues. It seems like, but Mike Boone has talent. And when he went to Denver, I perked up a little bit. James is disagreeing. You don't like Mike Boone? No, he burned me in the playoffs. Uh, uh, but what did yeah, he do the so, week after that? Oh, yeah, he was fine the <laughs> week after that. Yeah, of course. Of course he was fine. You have a but personal vendetta. No, he, I, I do have a personal vendetta because I think he's terrible. 
Sounds uh, like something I know. He, with he cannot Pitt. run through the tackles. He's not <laughs> elusive. He cannot catch passes. See you later, Mike Boone. I, I think he's just a fill-in guy, a roster, a depth chart guy. Uh, eventually, it's going to be Javante Williams' backfield. We all know that. And that's why we drafted him in Dynasty. But we drafted him with the expectation of uh, Melvin Gordon being there. So why are we reacting to the fact like, oh, Javante Williams is the better it's, running back. He should start. It's the shiny new toy syndrome. It's the shiny new toy scenario. And there's, but, there was also, there's also stuff coming out that Javante could start week one. Like and it's two, three all, weeks and, it, and you remember, yeah, two or three weeks ago, before we saw preseason, while we're in training camp, when there's nothing else to talk about, you know, there is hype pieces out there, and everybody read into them like Javante was going to be some kind of god come come uh, September, and that's not the case. That's not how the NFL works. But just like we talked about with Michael Carter, I mean, the cream is going to rise to the top, and we all know that Williams is better. But I almost just started singing House of Pain there for a second. Yeah. Melvin Gordon, he still has some tread on the tires. He's still going to be in that offense. He carried Tiny the workload. Tires. He tired. He carried the <laughs> workload last year in that in offense with Philip Lindsay out. So I don't know why everybody's like, okay, Williams is going to get the start. No, it's not going to be like that. If you think that for dynasty purposes, you know, maybe you shouldn't have rostered him expecting that he was going to be some type type of top 12 running back in 2021. And I think if you're on a contending team and you need running back help, you could go out and acquire Melvin Gordon fairly inexpensively right now. So I don't think that would be a bad move. He went in the 13th round of a super flex redraft league, Melvin Gordon, yesterday. That's that's very – where did Javante go? Like round seven probably in a super flex? Uh, had, seven had or eight, eight yeah. 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 It, it was probably six, or, probably six or seven to be honest. Yeah, and six or seven, if he's not the starter, you're – you probably passed up on a really good wide receiver in that spot. Like, oh, maybe you missed out on T. Higgins, you fool. Um, you probably shouldn't have done that. So uh, let's move on to our next one. And this one is from James. And uh, this one's about Terrace Marshall. Why is no one talking about him? I think there's actually a pretty good amount of people talking about Terrace yeah. Marshall as I scroll through the tweets, um, you know, during the day. You know, Terrace Marshall, to me, is that guy um, that I think everyone is – they are sleeping on him a little bit. He slipped in the draft because of medicals. He had an amazing career at LSU. He's a red zone weapon. They're talking about starting him in the slot. Now, obviously, there's DJ Moore. There's Robbie Anderson there as well. They don't really utilize the tight end. Ian Thomas, RIP. They got Dan Arnold. Cool. We all know McCaffrey's there. But Marshall could be that guy that is a double-digit touchdown scorer in his rookie year. I could see it. In redraft leagues, he was on my all gurus team for rookies. I want him on all my rosters based on his his 180th ADP right now on Fantasy Pros. Like, give me all that upside. And we see it every year. There's a guy that we don't ex- we don't see coming that ends up blowing up and having a great rookie year. We just saw it with Justin Jefferson. Obviously, that was historic. But we've seen it with other players in the past that they don't get talked about. You draft them late, and they come out. Terry McLaurin is another one. Um, they come out of nowhere, and then they smash in their rookie year. I don't see why it wouldn't be Terrace Marshall. He's with his, you know, Joe Brady was a was college, one of his college coaches. So there's a nice little marriage going on here for Terrace Marshall. Uh, James, talk to me. You pretty much said it, Doug. The stars are aligning down in Carolina. Uh, oh, did I take your guy this time? I'm the, sorry. The big, the big Joe Brady. <laughs> no, the Joe Brady hookup is, is actually what you want. They run that high flying uh, four wide, offense where they want to throw the ball they want to utilize cmc to open up the pass catchers 
And they have Robbie Anderson. Apparently, he's not injured now. We saw him catch the ball last night. Could um, get an extension. Could get an extension. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it all depends on how this year plays out. And they have Sam Darnold, who I think is way better than Teddy Bridgewater was in that last year. And Teddy had, what, like six games inside the top 12 as a quarterback? He so I, I, think, I think Darnold could actually take a step for his production, and we should really be reacting to that, even though he hasn't really – we haven't seen much in the preseason. But Terrace Marshall is going to benefit. We saw him go, what, uh, I don't even know off the top of my head, three for 50 and then three for 80. If that's that's what I wrote on the sheet, I believe that's what it was. Yeah, yep. and he's getting separation downfield. He's got the size. Like, I like Everything's perfect about Terrace Marshall, and I don't see too many offers going out for Terrace Marshall. So while while the waters are quiet, go out and make a splash and pick up Terrace Marshall. See, I actually think the opposite. The waters are, are rippling, and it's, yeah, he- it's heavy to- wakes on Twitter. And I think that's the reason why you're not seeing anybody trade for him, because his value's gone up. And honestly, I think his value, you could have had him at, uh, he's what, a mid-second round rookie pick, maybe early, depending on who you're drafting with. And now you're going to have to get a 2022 first, maybe even a tad more just because of the value rise. I've seen a lot of overreactions on Twitter personally. And um, yeah, I'd actually say quite the opposite. I, me personally, I had actually kind of turned this and buy DJ Moore or or somebody like that just because he's un- untalked about in this offense and it's all about Terrace Marshall. Yeah, I mean DJ Moore is the only receiver with over 1,100 yards the last two years. So DJ oh, Moore just... is an is an ascending player, and I think you look at his value. Like I know I got him in um, Scott Fishbowl, and I got him later. I drafted him as my wide receiver three. And I was like, yeah, I'll take, I know their receivers. He's always discounted DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, two years ago he was, his price was sky high. It's because he doesn't score touchdowns. You know, he's only got 10 touchdowns through three years in his career. So I think that's part of it is like, yeah, the, the yardage is reliable, but he's coming off a four touchdown season. And then I think he had three in his second year and three in his rookie year. So he's got 10 total touchdowns in three years, which isn't great, but he's due for some sort of positive regression. He has the skill set to score eight touchdowns every year. Like he's, he's like the opposite of Mike Evans. He gets all the yards and doesn't score the touchdowns. Mike Evans gets all the touchdowns. Doesn't have the air yards. Yeah. And they all get drafted at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round of redraft and, Mm -hmm. and definitely valuable in dynasty, but people just don't want them. Yeah. So uh, great talk on Terrace Marshall. I'm all in on him, especially in redraft, but I, I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues where, um, I it was auction leagues and I got him pretty cheap and I was pretty happy to have him on my taxi squad this year is I always like to, it's nice to have those guys where you're like, Oh, you have them on your taxi and then maybe they blow up and the next year they're a starter, which it always feels good in dynasty. Let's be honest. Josh Palmer. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I have him in a lot of leagues as well. Scored a touchdown tonight. Did he? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, he did. Look at that. Trey Lance has two. That's nice. Uh, speaking of the the Chargers, I want to talk about a couple of rookie running backs here that you probably could have got as UDFAs after your rookie drafts or in round four or five, depending on if there's anybody. One of them is Larry Roundtree. Now, he's not having a great game tonight, but he is catching passes out of the backfield. To me, the running back two spot behind Austin Eckler is kind of wide open. We've seen Justin yeah. Jackson flash a couple times. I remember he had a game against Pittsburgh a couple years ago. He we went over 100 yards and he looked good but he's been injured a lot of the time. 
You've got Joshua Kelly, who they drafted last year. We all kind of had high hopes for Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. He's just kind of a jag, it looks like. He's nothing special. He's blowing blocking assignments again tonight. Great. Larry Roundtree comes in. The first preseason game looks really good. Now, tonight, he's not looking as good, but he's showing that he can catch the ball. He's a much better pass blocker than Joshua Kelly. So for me, as a guy that maybe he's available um, as a free agent or on your waiver wire that no one's picked up, go ahead and pick him up. He could win that number two job. And if Austin Eckler goes down and he ends up getting 10 to 15 carries a game in, a, in an offense led by Justin Herbert, like I'm all about that life for the price of pretty much free. And then the other guy, before we get you guys' opinions, is uh, I want to talk about Jarrett Patterson from the Washington football team, because this guy has made a really good impression. We we all know that it's Antonio Gibson. He's the guy that everyone thinks is going to make the leap into superstardom this year. Um, you know, everyone is drafting Gibson at a crazy price. His dynasty value is through the roof. So everyone is on Antonio Gibson, kind of like, you know, how we talked about wide receiver and everyone being on CD lamb. It seems like Gibson might be that guy at the running back position. You know, they still got JD McKissick there. They released Lamar Miller, this Jared Patterson kid out of Buffalo. Now, He's got an eight touchdown game, but so did Kalen Balazs. So let's not all get like sweat pan boners over here. But Jared Patterson on a depth chart where if Antonio Gibson goes down, JD McKissick isn't that dude to touch the ball 15, 20 times a game. Jared Patterson could do that. I think that he's going to make this roster. And I think that, um, you know, he's going to be one of those guys in dynasty that you got him super late, or maybe you could still pick him up. If it's a shallower dynasty league on waivers, add him to your taxi squad. Why not? Antonio Gibson goes down. I mean, they could sign a veteran, but what we've seen for the pass catching ability from Jared Patterson, his, his ability to run in between the tackles and break tackles has been really impressive. Um, so I really like what I've seen out of both of these players. James, any thoughts on uh, either Roundtree or Patterson from what you've seen thus far? No, you make a great point about Jared Patterson for Buffalo. You know, he had three 1000 plus yard seasons. Solid. So- almost 20 touchdowns in his sophomore and junior year. So I I think you're right as far as that. I mean, who does he have to beat out? Peyton Barber? Is Barber still on the team? He's still on the team, but he's pretty much a zombie. He's a zombie. He's a wash. Uh, I don't like Peyton Barber at all. Uh, Give me me Patterson cheap. I mean, I like that. Anytime you can draft uh, a young, unknown running back prospect, and if they hit in their first or second year, what didn't we have that conversation with Dynasty Rich last week? You win. Mm-hmm. I mean, as see, long as you're we getting see late round and UDFA guys all the time, James Robinson, Philip Lindsay, like this is usually one a year that comes out of nowhere and is successful in fantasy. And then Larry Roundtree, you know, it's the same thing. You know, we all had high hopes for Joshua Kelly last year because we all thought he would be that guy. It didn't work out. He does not know how to pass block, and that's the problem with Joshua Kelly. Larry Roundtree, he's in there. And I just looked at the numbers. He already has three receptions tonight. Uh-huh. So that is something that is very, very intriguing. He's a tough runner, too. I like the way he runs. Because when we saw Justin Jackson in that offense, he was not really the pass catcher either. So if something, God forbid, happens to Austin Eckler, we could see we could see a committee, and Roundtree would be the guy that you would actually want for a, maybe a flex spot or just to gain value and, and trade away. And yep. say, hey, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you Roundtree for a third when you paid nothing to get him. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a Matt Breda. Like you had Matt Breda because he was a great prospect coming out of school. You got him as a UDFA, and then you flipped him for a second rounder when he became, you know, he was the NFL leader in rushing a couple of years ago through halfway through the season. And then you flipped him, and you made out. And now, obviously, Breda's career hasn't been great since then. Um, but you know, same even with an Austin Eckler. I remember I had him in UDPL. I picked him up. He was a UDFA. 
I picked him up and then it was kind of like a little bit of a throw in and a deal with you, Tyler. And, um, cause I picked him up for free and I was like, I don't know if he's going to be a great pro. And now he's, you know, he's trajectory is really, really good this year. Could catch a hundred passes pretty easily in that offense. I think so. Oopsie. I shouldn't have traded him. Um, <laughs> but it happens. I got him for free. So I was like, I don't have a lot invested here and I don't think he's that great. But then some of those guys, just like the Danny Woodheads out of Shadron state, you know, they come in and then they're James Robinson. Pros. Yeah, James Robinson, Phil Lindsay. Like this, just this Phil tons, the running back position is the one position where guys from late or UDFA can come in and contribute. And it could be Roundtree, it could be Patterson, like late round guys that have opportunity, maybe because an injury in front of them, or just because maybe they're just good. It could happen. So, uh, do you guys have anybody else uh, that you want to throw out there for any kind of overreactions um, or people, maybe people that are sleeping on here? based on what you've seen in the preseason thus far? Me personally, I'd have to say it's drops. People are overreacting about drops. And somebody came out with a list People of... People always the, overreact to drops, let's be the, honest. The league leaders of drops last year were a lot of all-stars that that mm-hmm. you see. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. We've seen all these rookies drop passes so far. And people are panicking like, oh, oh God, they're dropping. It's like, okay, like let, let's pump the brakes here. Let's yeah. let's get over that. And um, yeah, and honestly, I would have to say the the worst thing about the preseason has to be I haven't been able to see Kyle Pitts play because Atlanta is not playing anybody, it seems. They have not played a starter and it and it's weird. It just feels weird. Like I, I don't know what Arthur Smith and all of them are doing, but it is painful. They don't want to show their watch. hand, they've got a brand new crazy offense they're gonna roll out. It is it is tough to watch and who knows, maybe, maybe it'll pan out, but that's, that's been tough for me to see. And also Jamar Jefferson looked actually really good last night. Yeah, he looked in, good for uh, Detroit, yeah. yeah. Detroit. He is another one of those guys that if you know, Williams ahead of him or even Swift can't come back fully healthy, he could have a role in this offense. I, I do want to mention one other one before I throw it to, to James so I can steal his guy. It's Ramondre yeah, Stevenson. Be. Nope, not my guy. So it's Ramondre Stevenson who's uh, been making waves. He scored two more touchdowns in the preseason game against Philadelphia. Ripped guy could be really 90, good. Ripped off that 91-yarder <laughs> in the first season, uh, first preseason game. Um, you know, I think the the Pats, like I said before, it's going to be run the football, play defense, and Cam Newton or Mac Jones is going to be a game manager. There could be a role for Ramondre Stevenson. He's that big body, that Legarrett Blunt style runner that we know Bill Belichick really likes. So I could see Stevenson. Um, maybe Sony Michelle gets moved before the season. I could definitely see that happening as well. Um, and then it just being Harris, Stevenson, and James White. And I think, you know, when you talk about running back, running attempts, rushing attempts, the Pats might be end up being like a top five or six team in rushing attempts this year. And to me, that means that like, yeah, there might be some meat on the bone for Stevenson, even in his rookie year. Uh, so James, why don't you wrap us up with any players that you got remaining in your clip? I'll keep it. I'll keep it in New England just for you. I knew. Doug. Yes, no, thank I'm not God. Gonna, I was hoping. Jacoby Myers. I, I'm, I'm, no. no. Yes, it is Jacoby Myers. Yes! Oh, I thought yes, you say JJ Taylor. No, JJ Taylor, Taylor is the guy that you don't want in the Patriots what? offense. I'm sorry. No, no. Way overreaction. Maybe year next. No, Ramondre is the guy you want next year because James White is gone. Um, no, it's Jacoby Myers. I mean, right he's now you can. So he's a, He's so cheap. 2022 third, you could pick him up. And now he's in his second year coming out of NC State. 
I mean, they went out and picked up Aguilar. They picked up Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry. No one is talking about Jacoby Myers and how he took over that Julian Edelman slot role. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, I believe he was, I don't know. He had a couple of weeks that were really, really impressive. I know he hit wide receiver six, one of them. Yep. Uh, definitely in the top 24 a couple times. And that is just the beginning. This year, Based on Fantasy Pro's strength schedule, New England has one of the easiest wide receiver quarterback schedules. So even if it is Cam Newton or if it's Mac Jones, these guys are going to... (laughs) He's the guy they trust. He's the guy that they're going to go to if the tight ends aren't catching the ball. I mean, we saw it this past week. He had that one little slot reception that he had just great separation on the outside, and he turned it upfield for, what, a 15 to 16-yard touchdown? Simple, easy scoring. That's what Bill Belichick wants. He doesn't want to put pressure on the quarterback. Like you said, he wants them to be more of a game manager. And it's not all about running because if they're just going to run it, they're going to try to stop the run, nothing else. And that's where I think the Patriots fell off last year because they all they could really do was run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. I think now that they have a more stable weapons in their receiving core – Things are, things are going to open up a little bit for the Patriots, and I think you guys are going to be surprised about Jacoby Myers. And yes, I definitely would buy him for a 2022 third. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Robbie Jeffries, who was the first person to get me onto Jacoby Myers. Um, I remember him talking about him on Twitter, and I was like, huh, I looked into it. And then I actually picked him up in UDPL for free, and he's probably going to start for me most weeks because my wide receiver course sucks. Um, <laughs> good times. So shout out to Robbie. For that, that is going to wrap us up this week. Uh, it, you know, it's good to be back in the chair. I wasn't supposed to podcast tonight. I was supposed to be on Cape Cod for my vacation, but that got delayed today. Thanks to the lack of Hurricane Henry, tropical storm. We didn't get much here. Some branches and leaves. My pool was a hot mess. Shout out to Tyler. Um, but that's all cleaned up now and I'm here. So it was great to podcast with James for the first time. It was okay to podcast with Tyler for the 8 millionth time. As always. Yeah, as always. Uh, so I did I did want to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. So we got Trophy Smack. So check them out with code DHHRING. You've got Fantasy Points. Just an absolutely awesome service. 21 DHH10 for 10% off a subscription. 90% of subs make the playoffs. And then we got Verdian Global. So I actually finally got my Dynasty Happy Hour shirt. I don't have it on me right now because, you know, I rock sleeveless all the time because I'm a stay-at-home dad and I got stuff to do. But these two guys are rocking it. If you want to DHH, you, you can make them sleeveless. You can make them sleeveless. You can go on Viridian Global, and they've got all sorts of different color selections and all sorts of cool stuff on there. So make sure you check that out. That's going to wrap us up this week. Follow James at FF underscore chef. Follow Tyler at DHH underscore Tyler. And follow me, the underscoreless man, at the Fantasy Father. We're going to be back with you next week on the Dynasty Happy Hour. 